follow the adventures of a librarian turned sniper, Liberty Schoenhauer, who finds that aliens started the zombie apocalypse. These things happen. She is aided by the great uncle Danny Toughest Nails, and together they try and save as many people in the book Liberty's Run. Book one is out now at Amazon and Mythmart, and book two is coming soon in August. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Welcome, welcome to My Public Life as an American Nerd. I'm your host, Kevin, and thank you for listening today. Um, I'm very excited to have you guys uh, here. I hope everyone's doing well. I hope everyone's staying cool out there. Uh, It's hot. It's, uh, you know, depending on what part of the country you're in, I understand it's been hot everywhere for a while. Um, Up here in Portland, Oregon, where it doesn't really get too hot. It decided to get very hot today. Uh, I'm recording this on Sunday. And, uh, you know, I know, let's just get the weather talk out of the way. You know, it's been cold. It's been chilly. You know, it's Portland is known for having seasons. But um, <clears throat> we haven't really had much of a, uh, you know, a nice sunny, sunny spring or summer yet until today and yesterday was nice too had a lot of rain it's been in the 60s and 70s all week and then i swear in like a you know 12 hour span and went from like 70 degrees to 100 degrees and it's crazy it's insane but we're surviving we're good i hope everyone else out there is doing great staying cool and being safe um there's a lot of stuff to talk about this week we we now we live in a world where both where back to the future is coming to Broadway. There is a musical based on the film of the same name. It's been playing in the UK for a little bit and it's coming to Broadway in 2023. Uh, it's exciting. It's fun uh, for those of you who are fans of the movie and fans of Broadway. It's coming to New York in 2023, uh, and it looks from the reviews and everything, from the sounds of it, it's supposed to be really good. So definitely check that out. Keep your eyes out for that. You might do a touring company thing. Who knows? But if that's your kind of thing, definitely just keep an eye on it. You know, you'll be able to find. Uh, we don't have any exact dates or anything yet when it's coming to the states, uh, to Broadway. But uh, it's going to be 2023 sometime. So that's going to be really exciting for you. Uh, Broadway nerds out there and uh, back to the future nerds because I hear it's a great show and the soundtrack is incredible for the movie and they incorporate a lot of those songs into the show as well which is really cool and we also live in a world where Titanic the James Cameron classic Titanic starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet is going to be hitting its 25th anniversary uh, at the end of this year it's insane. It's madness. It, I cannot believe it's been that long. 
working at the, I, my very first job was working at the movie theater. My very, the very first movie that I worked, that was a big, massive movie. I think I started maybe two, three weeks before Titanic opened. I don't think you guys understand what it was like. It was insanity. It was crazy. There were lines everywhere. I almost quit at least three or four times. Like it was insane. I don't think a lot of people really knew what to expect with it either. I don't, I think a lot of it was a surprise for a lot of people. Um, I'm not sure, you know, it was 97. So the internet was a thing, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is today. So I'm not sure what the projections or anything were, but I'm assuming they were pretty high, but I'm pretty sure it exceeded those numbers pretty quickly. Anyways, for its 25th anniversary, it's uh, they're re-releasing it to, in theaters uh, just in time for Valentine's Day of 2023. It will be releasing February 10th in uh, select theaters. It's going to be a 4K remastered version. <clears throat> and it's also going to be in 3D. I don't know how much of it's going to, you know, if all the showings are going to be in 3D, if it's going to be select theaters, select showings are going to be in 3D or whatnot. But um, it might be fun to check out. I never, I've never seen it in 3D. Uh, I don't, I think they did re-release it in 3D a couple, a few years ago. Um, but I think that um, it'll be a cool experience to see in 3D. If anyone can do it, it's James Cameron. I'm not a huge fan of converting older movies into 3D. Generally, it doesn't work really well. Uh, but I know, I believe he did it with Terminator 2 fairly recently and uh, turned out pretty well from what I hear. Uh, I remember hearing a lot of chatter and stuff about it. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. That's going to be coming out in February. Uh, and if you just want to experience it on the big screen, not in 3D, you definitely should. If you haven't had the opportunity to check it out in theaters, it's unlike, you know, there's not many experiences that can compare to seeing uh, something like Titanic on the big screen. It's just got this epic scale. You know, the action's good. It's a perfect movie all around. And whether or not you're into the romance aspect or the disaster aspect of it all, it really holds up. It's a really good movie. So definitely go check it out if you get a chance. Uh, that'll be re-releasing in February of next year. Another piece of news that kind of came down the pipeline over the past week. Now, this was from an interview he did. And I'm not sure the how serious he was about it. I'm not sure if this is something that is going to happen, but composer John Williams has announced that he's pretty much ready to retire. Understandably so. He's been doing it. He's been composing for decades, you know, ever since, obviously, before I was even born, he was composing some amazing scores. Um, apparently, he piggybacked off of an interview that Harrison Ford did, which was, an interview where Harrison Ford claimed that he was looking at retiring also after Indiana Jones 5, which is coming out next year. Now, I haven't read anything to that. I don't know. I don't know if he said it publicly or not, or if it was just in conversation with John Williams. But uh, if anything, John Williams let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> and um, so, <clears throat> and he was like, hey, this guy's younger than me little bit younger than me if he can do it now you know might as well you know just kind of step away from it a little bit enjoy the rest of my life not that he hasn't enjoyed it so far he's 
composed some great scores. If you guys don't know who John Williams is, uh, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, he's composed some of the greatest film theme songs of all time. Uh, Star Wars, Jaws, Indiana Jones, Harry Potter. Um, He's done music for just everything that you think of these epic sweeping scores. It was all John Williams. He does a lot, pretty much almost every Steven Spielberg movie has been a John Williams score. Um, He's an incredible and, and we will miss him when he's gone, but he's left an amazing legacy behind. And there are going to be people who are going to build off of his legacy. Like there already are. You have people who incorporate, you know, a lot of these newer composers for things like star Wars TV shows, they're incorporating his themes into their music and it works really, really well. And I'm not saying anyone can do it nearly as good as he does, but you know, there's going to be, you know, he's left a lot for us to, for, for the future to um, play off of, to piggyback off of, and to create their own stuff off of what he created. And I think that's great. And that's awesome. And uh, so good luck to him. If he decides, um, you know, we'll get more information in the future as to what he decides to do. And as far as the Harrison Ford thing goes, again, I haven't heard anything. I know he just signed on to do a Yellowstone prequel, if I'm not mistaken, a prequel series for uh, Paramount Plus. I could be wrong. Don't get mad at me if I am. Um, <clears throat> but um, so, yeah, I know he's doing that. So I don't know. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the plan is, but we will see. Um, but yeah, definitely keep an ear out for that. And uh Hopefully we'll see what happens in the near future. All right. So there are a couple of things I really, really kind of wanted to talk about. Uh, two movies released this pack past weekend. Uh, the first one, uh, Baz Luhrmann's, uh, director Baz Luhrmann's take on Elvis Presley. He did a biopic about Elvis uh, starring Austin Butler in the title character. And uh, Tom Hanks is uh, Colonel Tom Parker, who was kind of Elvis's agent and helped him. I don't even want to say helped him navigate. He um, manipulated him as he navigated the world of fame, of being this epic, iconic figure that we know today. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the movie. So, Listen, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, everyone knows who Elvis is. Obviously, I don't have to explain who Elvis Presley is. Um, but everyone kind of has their own myth about who Elvis is, uh, whether or not it's from your, um, you know, if you're old enough to be able to have seen him live and to experience his influence on culture in real time, or if you're someone like me who has only you know, you watch archive videos and you've, you never got to experience what, who Elvis was, whether it was in the headlines or anything, but of course, you know, all the conspiracy nuts and everything, um, that played a, such a big part into who I think Elvis is, right? Like he, he might've faked his death. He might've not. Um, but you know, when I think of Elvis Presley, I think, Las Vegas, I think these kind of big, epic, beautiful gospel numbers that he did. 
And of course, it's all going to be spoiler free, so I'm not going to spoil it, but it's also history. So um, if you don't want to hear anything about it, you can go check out the movie, which you should, or, uh, you know, Google it and you'll find out a lot about all this. But anyways, you know, it's everyone has their myth of him and everyone kind of he's this bigger than life, iconic figure. It's really, really hard to bring someone like that down to a human level where he's relatable. Baz Luhrmann does that. Austin Butler is this very sensitive artist type who's also a rebel. He's always fighting for what's right. And you kind of see a lot of... You know, this movie's a perfect for today's time. It's, it's about fighting for what you believe in. And it's about not letting anyone tell you that you know you're in the wrong that you're you know you shouldn't be doing this for any particular reason you know whether it's this reason or that reason people might look at you different people might see you different people might not like you as much blah 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 this is the perfect tale for someone just you know doing their own thing and fighting for what's right and that's exactly what elvis presley did yeah there's some problematic stuff in his history that the movie kind of tiptoes around which you know that's you know that's its own thing and and that's a whole other conversation but i feel like this movie nailed who elvis was both the myth and the person behind the myth baz lerman he does a great balancing act of giving us the best of both worlds he films these amazing performance sequences that kind of take you back to the way he films it and how much energy he puts into the live performances makes you feel like you are there. It helps you understand better what it was like to see Elvis Presley perform when he was in his prime. It puts you there. I, I said it on Facebook, but it's, you know, you hear all these stories about what it was like to perform, but this is the closest a lot of us will get to feeling what it was like to see him perform, to being there at the time. <clears throat> now, I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with Baz Luhrmann's filmography, but he's done some pretty interesting, it's it's kind of all over the place. He's done some pretty interesting stuff. He did, um, you know, speaking of Leonardo DiCaprio earlier in the show, he did the uh, Romeo and Juliet, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio version from 96, if I'm not mistaken, with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Very stylistic, very, um, you know, had its own vibe. It was very, I, I hate to use his terms, but it was very hip and cool, quote unquote. Um, it kind of made Shakespeare relatable and understandable because it was so different and unique from anything we've ever seen when someone has told that story. Um, and he also went on to direct things like uh, Moulin Rouge. And one thing I like, one common thing I like throughout all of his films is that he uses modern music in a way that makes sense in the past for us to understand 
what the characters were going through and what the world was like. You know, Moulin Rouge was very famous for being a jukebox musical, which had modern songs that we knew, but placed them in the, you know, that, that time in France um, at the Moulin Rouge. And he was able to work them into the story and work them into the, even the musical styles. He was able to work all of it together to make it all flow and make sense together. Uh, he also did the same thing with The Great Gatsby. And, um, you know, he puts modern day music in these films in a way that makes sense. Um, and he does that with Elvis. You know, there are times when, you know, uh, listen, we, we all know, you know, history is a horrible, horrible thing sometimes uh, when it comes to things like segregation and stuff. I know people understand what it was like, segregation, but I don't think people truly get it. Um, the way he uses music in this movie helps you understand even that aspect of the story a little bit more. Like why um, this, you know, this white kid, you know, this country white boy wanted to hang out with, you know, in the prom prominently black communities of that time. Um, <clears throat> and he uses modern day music to kind of illustrate that. Which is cool. And the same way he did with Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby, um, I don't know, again, I don't know how many of you guys, but Jay-Z did the score for that, or he helped with the score with that. So there's a massive hip hop influence in this world of glitz and glamor of like the 1930s and things like that. And it helped make the world make more sense. And that's exactly what he does with Elvis. His energy, his style, his musical choices, um, even the, the actors, um, you know, Tom Hanks uh, does a pretty good job. I, and I love Tom Hanks with the passion, but I, you know, when Tom Hanks is the, I don't even say want to say worst part of your movie because it's not a bad performance, but isn't the absolute best part of your movie, then you know, they're doing something right. And Austin Butler just becomes Elvis Presley and you believe it. And um, I, 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 I really, really, really like the movie. I know it kind of depends on your tolerance for Baz Luhrmann. I don't even want to say it depends on your tolerance for Elvis because I think it, it, you know, this movie is a cautionary tale about what to do and what not to do, not only when you get famous, but in life, letting people take advantage of you, letting people manipulate you. Unfortunately, in the music industry, there's a trend of, there's a pattern of people manipulating, you know, uh, talented people for their gain. And the story is about that. The story, he, Elvis kind of, he is the American dream, right? We see the rise and the fall. And, you know, he's, it's, it's a tragic story that's been played out time and time again. And this movie is a cautionary tale. So I think whether or not you like Elvis is kind of besides the point for this movie. I think you're going to find a lot of stuff that you can relate to and you can gravitate to and you can care about in this movie, even if you don't care particularly for Elvis Presley. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm telling every single person out there that you have to go rush and see this movie right now. Oh my gosh, like, go see it. I want you to go see it and it's great. And if you are going to go see it, 
please, please, I implore you, if you plan on seeing it ever, do not miss the opportunity to go see it in theaters. It is a theatrical experience through and through. It requires the biggest screen possible and the best sound imaginable because there's a lot. You're going to find yourself, see, if you like Elvis, and if you're a fan of Elvis, you're going to find yourself tap, you know, tapping your feet along with the tunes and trying not to sing. Um, and it's just, it is a good time. It is almost three hours, but it doesn't feel like three hours. So I personally say, yeah, you should definitely go check it out. It's a good movie. Um, but you know, again, it's not one of those that I'm going to say, you have to go see this movie. You can't miss out like something like Top Gun Maverick. I would tell you to go watch Top Gun Maverick right now. Like go if you haven't seen it yet on the biggest screen possible because it's amazing um but this is one of those that's it's good it's really good i really really liked it so i wouldn't call it great but it's also one that i'm definitely going to be picking up on blu-ray so i can experience it at home check out the musical numbers probably a lot of great behind the scenes stuff that i'd really like to know about this movie so um yeah so uh, i'm i i'd assume it's going to be coming to hbo max I believe they have the 45 day windows now. So you should be seeing it, you know, late July, early August, maybe. So keep an eye out for that if you do want to check it, but don't want to go to the theaters, which again, totally understandable. Um, but um, just, yeah, wait for HBO Max if you would like, should be there soon. Um, the other movie that released this weekend, which I also have the opportunity to see, uh, actually just got back from not too long ago, was The Black Phone starring Ethan Hawke. Uh, this one's directed by Scott Derrickson. It's a horror movie. It's based off of a short story by Joe Hill. And I don't, you know, Joe Hill is the son of Stephen King. Uh, it's about um, a, you know, a kidnapper who goes by the name of the Grabber. And he kidnaps a boy and, you know, he's a child killer, essentially. Um, he lures kids into his vans with these black balloons and under the guise of being a magician and gets him into his van and takes him to an undisclosed location and essentially does a lot of psychological um, warfare with them, like just messes with their heads. Um, the police are after him. They're looking for him in the trailer. You know, everything I'm going to talk about right now, it's all revealed in the trailer. Uh, and you know, you find out that his sister, the, 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 more, the more recent kidnapping, his sister has these kind of these paranormal, uh, supernatural abilities where that she got from her mother, where she can hear things. And she has these dreams of things that come true. Uh, and it's kind of a race against time for her to convince the police, you know, she's a little girl. I'm not sure exactly how old she is, but uh, she's trying to convince the police that these are real and they need to, they need to find her brother. Um, <clears throat> it's a really, really good movie. Really, really intense. It's more of a procedural, like a police procedural than you would think. Um, but I think a lot of people enjoy it. If you want to good horror movie ethan hawk is just outstanding in it he's terrifying his the mask he wears is terrifying but even the performance under the mask is just is just a next level like it's ethan hawk right like he you, you can't really do much better than that and you put him in your movie uh scott derrickson the director he's done you know exorcism of emily rose the first doctor strange sinister 
Um, and this movie, I, I really compare to the exorcism of Emily Rose, where it's, you know, exorcism of Emily Rose was kind of this horror exorcism movie, but also a courtroom drama, you know, more so than anything. This one's kind of got the same vibe. It is a kidnapped thriller story, horror story with really, really strong supernatural elements. But um, it also has a really strong police procedural aspect to it as well. Uh, really well done. Super uh, flew by really, really fast. Actually, I wasn't even expecting it to be over when it was, but it told a complete story. Really, really well done. Wasn't stretched out. No fat on it. Just really slim and, and kind of got the job done. So I definitely, definitely recommend checking that one out too. Um, it's a Blumhouse movie. So Blumhouse does some great stuff. So if you guys are so inclined to check that out, please do. <clears throat> um, that's all I have for movie stuff today. Uh, you know, there's a lot more uh, stuff coming up next week, I'm sure. So we'll talk about that uh, that next week. Uh, so let's move over to the kind of the streaming side of things. Uh, Disney Plus, again, we're going to be talking a lot about Disney Plus. I know we talk a lot about Disney Plus on the show, but Disney Plus tends to be the one that's actually that's putting a lot of stuff out there. I haven't heard a lot of other stuff from the streaming services. You know, Netflix is riding high still on Stranger Things. Uh, Hulu, you know, has a lot of great stuff from FX and stuff like that, like the uh, new show, The Old Man, starring um, Jeff Bridges. Uh, that's supposed to be really good. I haven't seen it yet, but that looks phenomenal. Um, they also had uh, Under the Banner of Heaven uh, with Andrew Garfield, which is a six, seven part miniseries. And again, it's not something I've seen, but I've heard nothing but incredible things about that. So, um, but yeah, but Disney Plus is just kind of coming out with a lot of the, the goods lately. Um, they just got done with Kenobi. Uh, there's That was a six episode season. Really good, really well done. I think a lot of people, if you haven't seen it, you should go check it out. It's just, it kind of, it kind of makes the other movies better. It kind of makes the prequel movies, especially better. Um, there's a lot of things they did in it that um, there's one scene specifically, I won't spoil it, but at the end where um, it's just going to be iconic. It's, it's going to go down in history as one of the most iconic Star Wars scenes ever. Uh, maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, that was a really good show that I, that I truly, truly enjoyed. Just really good. It got me excited. It gets me excited for Star Wars again. Like I'm ready to see what they do next. Even McGregor's at the top of his game. And so is uh, Hayden Christensen. Well, honestly, you don't really see much of Hayden, but uh, uh, you know, the uh, Moses Ingram who played Reba, she was an outstanding. Like she was, oh, I like, I loved her as a villain. And I think that, um, yeah, I love to see kind of more um, in this world. You know, obviously the, everything's in this world, but uh, I like to see the show continue. I don't know if they're going to be doing a, a sequel to the series or, you know, season two, but we'll see. Obviously there's tons of movies that kind of, we know what happens, right? But um yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. So uh, I'd be excited to see that. Uh, Miss Marvel's still going strong, or still going on. It's not going strong, unfortunately, because it has super low ratings, but let's get those up, guys. It deserves it. Um, and it's going to be on episode four this coming week. Uh, they've also released their first look at the Santa Clauses, which is obviously a sequel to the Santa Claus series of movies. Uh, Tim Ellen's coming back. Um, and it stars uh, Cal, you know, Cal Panalon with them. And basically, we don't know a lot, but we know it kind of, you know, 
Calvin, he's finally kind of struggling with the 65th birthday coming up. He wants to find a replacement Santa Claus for himself. He wants to settle down with his family somewhere out of the North Pole. Um, and that's really all that we know. So uh, we know Cal Penn, he plays a video game developer. I don't know how he kind of fits into the story, but we'll find out soon enough. It's There's no release date, but from what I've heard, it's supposed to be releasing this year. So don't be surprised if it releases, obviously, around Christmas time, November, December. Um, that'll be a fun series to watch with the family. Disney Plus always delivers some really, really great stuff, especially around the holidays. Um, so keep an eye out for that, except for Home Alone. The Home Alone remake was just, oh, we don't even, it wasn't even a remake. I don't know what it was, reboot, remake, whatever that thing was that came out. But anyways, I don't want to dwell on that because it would just um, disappoint me. So let's, let's, uh, let's not, let's uh, move on from that. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> so uh, over the past few years, there's been a couple of these uh two of these movies exactly actually that have been really, really successful on the Disney channel on July 15th, though, drops the newest chapter in the zombies saga. Um, listen, I don't know how many of you guys are into that, but I have a daughter who absolutely loves the series. Uh, they're going to be going up against aliens this time around. So um, yeah, it should be coming to Disney plus and um it's going to be coming to Disney plus and probably Disney channel as well. So keep an eye out for that July 15th. You have kids who are into that, or if you're into that, not judging, it's really fun. You know, we have a good time watching it. Um, definitely check that out. Um, oh, I do want to talk about something on Netflix real quick. Uh, there is a, um, so they have, uh, so I'm sure a lot of you, so many of you guys are familiar with the Matilda novels, um, novel, excuse me, um, which was adapted into a movie in 1996, uh, directed by Danny DeVito and starring Danny DeVito, Rita Wilson, and, or sorry, oh, and Ma uh, Mara Wilson. Um, well, they're doing, uh, and that book has been by Roald Dahl, has been turned into a Broadway musical over the years. And now that Broadway musical is being turned into a movie for Netflix. Uh, so it's not a remake of the movie itself. It's a, you know, it's a, an adaptation of the Broadway musical that's based on the book. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. They released a trailer for it. That should be releasing soon. We don't know, have an exact release date for it. Um, Emma Thompson is probably the biggest um, name in this movie. She's taking over as Miss... Yeah, sorry, my brain's kind of scatterbrained right now. It's really hot. Did I mention it's hot? Um, yeah, um, Emma Thompson is playing Miss Trunchbull in the movie. So um, it looks fun. Check out the trailer. It's on YouTube. I'm sure you might be able to find it on Netflix as well. And uh, we'll get a release date soon and figure out when that is happening. So physical media, guys. I'm not sure... How many of you guys still collect physical media? I know a lot of stuff is on streaming now. Um, I personally, I like to have the actual discs because most of the time they come with um, streaming options anyways. Um, you know, like a, a digital copy that you can stream anywhere. So I like to get the digital, you know, the, the Blu-ray uh, 4K version of the films that I love. 
Um, and speaking of those films, there's there's three that I specifically wanted to mention that are going to be coming out within the next um, couple weeks. Uh, there's one that's already out, which is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, starring Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal. If you haven't had a chance to watch this movie, check it out. It's just a really fun buddy comedy. I think that uh, Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal have some of the best chemistry on screen than most things I've seen in a long time. They're just incredible together. Uh, that's out on Blu-ray 4K, and it's also available for rental and streaming as well. So you can pick that up. You can watch that at home if you like. And coming out this, this Tuesday, which is the 28th, is a new remaster of True Romance. So I don't know how many of you guys have seen True Romance. It's an an incredible film. It stars Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette. And it's written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by Tony Scott. Uh, it's got this great supporting cast, Christopher Walken, uh, Dennis Hopper, uh, Gary Oldman, in, in one of my favorite roles of his. He's just so good. Uh, Chris Penn, so many people in this movie. Um, it's getting a new remaster. I already own it on, um, I had it on VHS. I own it on DVD. I own it on Blu-ray. And I've been waiting for this 4K to come out. Um, this is going to be released by Arrow Video. And they always put the goods with the uh, movie. So there's going to be a ton of behind the scenes stuff, a ton of documentary stuff, a ton of great stuff to really dig into if you're into that kind of stuff, if you're into that nerdy filmmaking aspect of it. Um, but that comes out on June 28th. So um, as far as I know, you might be able to get it in stores. I know it's a little bit harder to get physical media like that in stores, but you can probably order it off of Amazon or even the Arrow website as well. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that. That comes out this Tuesday. And then July 5th, my favorite movie of the year so far comes out to Blu-ray 4K and... Um, it is everything, everywhere, all at once. It's available for streaming right now. Um, but man, this I've been waiting for this disc to come out so that I can buy it. It's such a good movie. If you have not seen it yet and you're in for a very unique, wild, crazy, just off the wall, but very meaningful ride, something that will make you think, I saw it a few months ago and I'm still thinking about it almost every day. I'm not even, I'm not even be exaggerating. Like it really, really, really makes you question a lot of stuff and makes you think. And it's not really one of those deep, like it's not like going to get you like depressed or anything, you know, it's one of those movies that makes you think, but you also have a really, really good time with, and you don't really think about it till after you've seen the movie and you're like, wow, like what, what, what is happening right now? Uh, and it's great. So definitely check that out. That comes out on July 5th. So um, yeah, keep your eyes out for that. Talk about a little bit of comic book news, shall we? There's been um, one of my favorite things. So this is probably one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. So those comic book companies do this all the time where they kind of, you know, they, they do these kind of benefit um, anthologies, graphic novels that help support uh, whatever kind of, you know, whatever is in need um, right now. So Mad Cave Studios, who's this really, really great independent comic book studio, um, 
they're teaming up with Voices of Children. Now, Voices of Children, they, you know, help a lot of war-torn countries. You know, they help the children over there. And this one specifically, they're they're um, going to be donating a lot to to the Ukrainian war. Um, and basically, what they do is they help provide psychological and um, you know, therapy, um, and they help families kind of move on from these, these tragedies that they've been dealing with. So Mad Cave Studios has teamed up with them to, you know, all proceeds from this anthology series will go to that cause. Um, there's a, so many great voices on this thing. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Uh, the book is called, sorry, I didn't even say the name of the book. The book is called Lower Your Sights. Um, they'll, they'll also be sharing a series of interviews with each creator involved, discussing what this project means to them, their contribution to the anthology, and the unifying power of art leading up to the release of the book. So they're going to be talking about why they're doing this, you know, what, what this cause means to them and things like that. So that's really, really cool. Um, and like they say here, you know, we're incredibly proud to highlight industry greats, indie darlings, rising stars, and, and most importantly, numerous U Ukrainian creators, said Mad Cave Studios editor Chaz Pangburn. Watching the industry come together to tell these powerful and poignant tales is a great reminder that pen, that the pen really is mightier than the sword. So there's a bunch of creators, uh, pinup artists, people like that. Um, just to name a few, you have J.G. Jones, Ryan Sook, Yev Heydamaka, Matt Kin, Jim Dub. Uh, there's just a, a massive full lineup list. And if you want to see that list, you can head over to pastraminationcom and they have all the information on there. So you'll be able to check this out. The book is available. It's available for pre-order on June 29th and it's in store September 14th. So if you want something awesome, but you also want to donate to a great cause, you know, you can't do better than this. So definitely check this out and, um, you know, donate, donate if you like to, and it's totally, totally worth it. So definitely, definitely recommend checking that out. Well, and also just real quick before we wrap up, uh, I wanted to talk about a really, really cool uh, series of toys that are going to be coming out. Actually, they're, well, they've been out for a while. This is going to be their phase three. Um, so Super 7 has announced that they're coming out with these seven-inch scale deluxe action figures for Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avengers. Uh, Troma Studios, one of their biggest, biggest hits. It's actually their kind of their mascot of their company. Um, they're on their phase three of their um, action figures with Super 7. If you go to super7.com, you'll find all the information there. But these guys are really, really cool. They're seven-inch figures. Um, they're going to be coming with a Toxie, a Junkyard, and Radiation Ranger Ultimate figures. Uh, these guys look really cool. Again, you can head over to pastraminationcom to check that out. Or you can just go to the Super 7 website and um, take a look at these guys for yourself because these look really fun. I'm a big trauma fan. I love Toxic Avenger. I know they're making a new Toxic Avenger movie as well, uh, which I don't know if Troma's actually involved with that, but uh, Peter Dinklage is, I'm not sure if he's playing Toxie himself or if he's just going to be in it, but um, that's going to be a really, really fun project. I can't wait to hear more about that. So um, yeah, definitely check those figures out. It's definitely going to be worth. Um, so that's my uh, toy of the week for this week. Definitely check those out. I'd love to know what you guys think. 
about anything we talk about on this podcast. So if you like, you can find me on social. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kevin. My Twitter handle is Kevin underscore Hoskinson. You can find me on Facebook, Kevin Hoskinson. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok. They're all pretty much going to be Kevin underscore Hoskinson. Um, and yeah, if you guys ever just want to chat, man, like, listen, I, I know what it's like sometimes to be out there without anyone to talk to. If you guys ever just want to chat, feel please feel free to reach out, man. I love to chat. We could talk about whatever you want to talk about. We could talk about movies, TV, video games, um, comic books, toys. I love Lego. I love Funko Pops. Love it all. So definitely reach out um, and uh, let's chat, man. Let's, let's, let's talk. So um, hope everyone's doing good, staying cool, be safe and, and just take care of each other because that's what the world needs right now. So thank you guys for listening and uh, supporting uh, my public life as an American nerd. Uh, it's uh, beyond, you know, it's been so much fun to do and I, I can't wait to keep doing it for a while. So thank you guys. And until next time, stay nerdy, America. Bye.